Harry Wolcott wrote that research has not occurred unless it's published. One way to make sense of this statement is research should be disseminated in a form that continues to be accessed by others. For example, if research is disseminated through an in-person oral conference presentation, how can anyone else other than the attendees access it? If you want to know when the next podcast is posted, find previous podcasts, infographics, PDFs with qualitative information, make your way to my website, marialayman.com, and opt into my communications. Qualitative is stronger in community. In 2008, Pratt wrote, We are known as a profession and as individual scholars by what we write and what we publish. However, as a profession, we tend to be more forthcoming about how to conduct studies than we are about publishing them." I wholeheartedly agree with Pratt, and therefore, the primary purpose of this chapter and this accompanying podcast is to bring transparency to the publication process. The phrase publish or perish is ominous, and it can make you feel nervous years after becoming well-published, so I advocate for turning this phrase on its head and helping others publish and persevere. So towards this goal, I'm going to walk listeners through the publication process for an article step-by-step. Before we go through the different types of uh, acceptances or rejections, I want to say a word about authorship. So whether the research was conducted on your own or with co-researchers will guide who authors an article. At times, an additional author may be invited to work on the submission of the manuscript for the expertise they bring. In the area of authorship order, consider who had the idea for the research and what the contribution levels were of the various co-authors, along with your discipline-specific guidelines. No one has the automatic right to authorship, including course professors, committee members, and advisors. The issue of authorship may be contentious due to changing ways of thinking, cultural norms, and discipline expectations. So I want to be clear that in a contemporary Western setting, qualitative research authorship includes people who worked on the manuscript after a course or a dissertation thesis defense is over. Before that, these important people are merely doing their job, what the student has paid them to do. So when you submit your manuscript to a journal, the submission may be by an email attachment, sometimes still postal mail, but most likely through a computer program where you upload the manuscript. You will need a letter to the editor, include all your contact details, and at least one copy of the manuscript without your name or any identifying information. And if you're in the great position of being able to cite yourself, that includes blacking out references and citations to your former work. Replace the author names with the phrase, the author, first author, second author, so on, and then be sure to put those names back in in qualitative research in the manuscript acceptance stage. At times, you'll need to pay a fee when you submit to a journal. The amount of money varies, but most journals I work with do not ask for any money. None of the journals I submit manuscripts to ask for money from students. But be cautious, if a large amount of money is requested, you may be working with a predatory publisher. And one of my students wrote a text box about predatory publishers in the full book. Open access publication will, of course, require a fee. I have found that my university librarian is an invaluable help in sorting out any questions I have about a journal's legitimacy. So now you've submitted your article. 
you should receive an email of receipt. This may be an automatic receipt of your uploaded manuscript and therefore almost instantaneous. If you do not receive the email within a few days, check the submission system, or if you submit it outside of a system, email the editor. I've had people nervous to check, and it wasted up to about six weeks of their time because there was some kind of error in submission. So go ahead, you can just do a polite, quick check. You had submitted this, and you wonder what had happened. After receiving your manuscript, one of the editors or their assistants will review the manuscript to determine whether it fits the mission of the journal and to see if you've allowed the journal's major writing, if you followed the journal's major writing requirements, including removing your name from the manuscript. So be aware that there's a few qualitative journals, and I think this is a pretty cool thing, that don't follow the so-called blind review process. Uh, preferring instead to use a more transparent, collaborative mode of peer review so you know who is reviewing you. If the manuscript does not meet the journal's mission or standards, you will get what's called a desk rejection from the editor without the manuscript receiving a peer review. Some editors will also suggest alternative journals that match better at that point. The review process should take about 12 weeks, but it often takes much longer. One article of mine, and fortunately I can actually call it a published article, took over two years to be reviewed. I contacted the journal several times, indicating that my co-authors were now all professors and really needed their publish publication because they didn't have tenure. The reason for a peer review is to increase the likelihood that the research is appropriately conducted and reported through the review of peers who do not know who the author is. However, there's no doubt that this does add to the difficulty in breaking through entrenched beliefs in research areas and around the way research reports should look, kind of quote, look. After the review process, you will receive a letter, to, a letter from the editor indicating if the journal accepts, accepts with revisions, would like you to revise and resubmit, or rejects the manuscript. Along with this letter, you'll receive the reviewer's comments. Try to prepare yourself for how acidic some reviewers' comments can be. I save these comments to share in my courses with my students and to use in my writing and in the titles of articles. One of my most memorable comments was from a reviewer who said, you do not even write well enough to publish in The New Yorker. I laughed aloud when I read that. I would have had a very different career if I could write well enough to publish in The New Yorker. So let's say you receive a revise and resubmit. Respond to every point the editor and the reviewers make, indicating where changes occur in the manuscript. Traditionally, authors responded in reviewers' comments to reviewers' comments with a letter, noting where changes were added. I had a colleague that used a chart for that process, and I've switched to that. I have an example of what I mean in the book, where the first column is the reviewers' comment, the second column is how we responded to it with the pages. And I find this much more helpful than the traditional letter. You don't need to make all the changes that the reviewers request, but you should make many of them. Justify all instances where you do not make a change, so they're sure that you saw it and didn't overlook it. If the reviewers are contradicting one another, look to the editor's letter for, for guidance. Bruce Thompson, a longtime editor who writes, on the, who writes very clearly on the publication process, says, we should believe everything an editor says except about turnabout times for reviews. So an essential role of the editor can be to guide you if there's any kind of disagreement. I personally have never had an editor tell me to review, to ignore a reviewer, but they have very clearly emphasized one reviewer's points and made no mention to another reviewer's points. 
So you receive a rejection. Rejection is one of the most challenging aspects of publication. And of course, rejection is a challenging aspect of life in general. So you're going to want to think through a plan for how to handle that so that it doesn't become debilitating in your writing career. If the letter is an outright rejection, I have found having a pre-established list of where to send the manuscript next is a big help. After taking some justified time to fill it down, move forward by rereading the rejection in case the editor has provided reviewer comments or editorial comments. Only make the revisions indicated in those comments if they seem warranted or that refer to actual errors on your part. It is possible that the next journal review may not yield the same comments. Then send the manuscript straight back out again. So you receive an accept or an accept with revisions. When you receive an acceptance letter, the first thing you need to do is really take some time to celebrate. Then do whatever is indicated next, most likely some kind of signing of the contract or sending in your author biography. Accept with revisions means that there's just a few slight revisions that need to be made, and in all likelihood, the revisions are something that you would agree with anyways. It also means the revised draft will not go back out to peer reviewers for feedback again. You should know that with Revise Resubmit, I've known of up to three to four rounds of revisions, although people often seem to think it will be one. I personally had two rounds of revisions, and then it was still rejected. So Revise and Resubmit does not mean that they'll ever feel that you revised to the extent they would like you to. So at this point uh, of acceptance in the United States, you will now sign a contract for all the other authors. You certify that all the other authors, or the first author certifies that all the other authors are aware of the journal submission. In other countries, at times, every single author will need to sign. You may now be asked to resubmit the manuscript with the names of all authors and any acknowledgments included. In qualitative research, it is standard to refer to the authors by their first name if there is more than one author and in the first person. This is not merely convention, but a clear statement that the author matters, is not an objective researcher, and instead of striving for unachievable objectivity, the author wishes to actively engage with their bias throughout the process of the research. So your article is going into production, uh, and this, this can take a long time or happen quite quickly. After the article is copy edited and typeset, you will be contacted and asked for minor queries. And for U.S. listeners with a background perhaps like mine, a query is a question. So at this time, you can't do any significant rewriting. You're only looking for errors and to and to answer the questions and the queries. The turnaround time for me has usually been three days to a week, so you need to respond promptly, or you could cause your article to go into a a later issue. Don't rely on the copy editor. This is a team process between the two of you. I have found columns that are out of order, along with errors I had made. Be gracious with a copy editor and thank them. They are unsung heroes. One copy editor of mine called a typo of mine, where I had put the word vile, as in a bottle, instead of vile, as in horrid. What a difference that would have made in a short poem. (laughs) After you send back the article with your answers, the time until the hard copy of the journal comes out may be months or years. Increasingly, though, journals publish online quickly and then later in a hard copy. This is an excellent practice that allows your research to be released quickly to the public. So then comes promoting. Be bold yet humble when it comes to promoting your work. If this feels awkward, think of all the reasons that caused you to want to research this topic. Recall all the problematic hurdles and the time the research participants gave you. Then, 
With humility, recall that you and your research are more than the sum of your impact factors and always give credit to anyone who helped your work come to fruition. So if you want to know when the next podcast is posted, make your way to my website, marialehman.com. Qualitative is stronger in community. Amy Tan said, Writing is an extreme privilege, but it's also a gift. It's a gift to yourself, and it's a gift of giving a story to someone. End of Amy Tan's quote. Publishing our writing allows the gift to be received by more people. So in this podcast, I sought to make the publication process transparent in an effort to move readers towards an ability to publish and persevere. Importantly, speak to people in your direct context about publication and promotion since they'll have specifics and nuances beyond this. My best wishes as you persevere.